Welcome to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham. If you have a comment, email it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook, facebook.com slash radiodetectives. Before we get started, I want to encourage you, if you've not already, to pick up your copy of All I Needed to Know I Learned from Columbo or the sequel book, All I Needed to Know I Learned from Dragnet. In these two ebooks, we examine the careers and history of seven great fictional detectives and policemen, as well as life lessons that can be learned from their adventures. The books are available wherever fine ebooks are sold and also as an audiobook through audible.com or the iTunes store. Well, now it's time for today's episode of Pursuit. The original air date, July the 22nd, 1950. And this one is Pursuit in the North Sea. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum, the refreshing, delicious treat that gives you chewing enjoyment, presents for your listening enjoyment... Pursuit. A criminal strikes and fades quickly back into the shadows of his own dark world. And then the man from Scotland Yard, the famous Inspector Peter Black, and the dangerous, relentless pursuit. When man hunts, man. Make every day more enjoyable. Treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Here's a taste treat you can enjoy indoors, outdoors, at work, or at play. The cool, long-lasting mint flavor refreshes you. The smooth, steady chewing helps keep you fresh and alert. Adds enjoyment to whatever you're doing. Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Healthful, refreshing, delicious. Now, with John Dana, starred as the famous Inspector Peter Black of Scotland Yard, Wrigley's Spearmint Gum brings you tonight's story, Pursuit in the North Sea. The day was warm, as London days in July can be. Behind the bars, assorted animals gazed out at the humans... And in turn, the assorted humans stared back at the animals. It was Sunday in Regent's Park at the zoo. Muffet and I had gone there with 40 other plainclothes policemen and women. It was not, however, a Scotland Yard picnic. We were after more dangerous prey than leopards, tigers, or cobras. Funny thing about monkeys, sir. Hmm? <laughs> Look at that one. Yeah, the face is rather familiar. I hate to say it, sir, but I hope the commissioner never comes down here. Moffat, Moffat, you have no respect for your superiors. Sorry, sir. Come along. There's another vendor, sir. Yeah, it's all right. Can't take any chances. I say there. Ice cream. Sorry, sir. All out. Uh, just a moment. One o'clock on Sunday afternoon, and you've sold out. That's right. Just going back for some more. Uh-huh. You're pulling my leg. You must have one stick left. It's truth, I haven't. Will you open the cabinet, please? 
Look here, who do you think you are ordering me about? Scotland Yard, young fellow, my lad. Do as you're told. Scotland Yard? Oh, I'm off. No, no, you don't. Come here. Now then, let's see what you've got in there. Mm, well. Cool, blimey. How'd that get in there? What is it? Uh, that, my young friend, is a case of American-made nylon stockings. Brought into England in violation of the customs law and worth, I should imagine, about 500 pounds in the black market. Fancy that. The question is, how did it get in your ice cream cart? Well, I haven't the slightest. You may remember when we get him to the yard, sir. You can't arrest me. We're not arresting you. We're taking you down for questioning. Uh, manacles, not it? Right, sir. Oh, oh no. no I, I don't want to go to prison. My poor old mother and my brother. Yeah, yeah. Uh, where did you get them? A chap behind the reptile cage came up with a cart, bought all my ice cream, put this in mine, and, and he gave me a shilling. And what were you to do with it? Take it out to chap by the gate. He's got a van. Moffat, get some of the men. I want that van. Right, sir. We were too late. The van had gone. For at least the tenth time, the quarry had eluded the trap, and we were left with a 16-year-old boy and a case of contraband nylon stockings. It was a minute incident and a tremendous exercise which had become one of the greatest threats to Britain's economy, the age-old industry of smuggling. The British limitation on import made England a perfect target for these activities. At nine o'clock on Monday morning, I was called into the office of the Home Secretary. I'm disappointed, Black. I must say that I'm extremely disappointed. The Prime Minister takes a very serious view of the situation. Something's got to be done. Something simply must be done. Well, I can't defend my position, sir, but I hope you understand what we're up against. Now, we know that there's one big gang. But there are also a dozen, perhaps a hundred, subsidiary gangs... Possibly under the same leadership, possibly not. And we don't know who they are. French, Spanish, English, Americans. They use fast planes piloted by ex-combat pilots, both RAF and American Air Force. They use 45 not Thornycroft torpedo boats to bring the goods in candidly, sir. The Scotland Yard is not equipped to stop them. What about yesterday? Well, at the zoo, sir? Oh, well, we were informed something was going to happen, a transfer of contraband, an extremely small part of the, of the entire problem. Unfortunately, there, as everywhere... They were as well informed as were we. Somehow, they always know when we're going to make a raid. What about the boy? After getting a worthless description of the man who gave him the goods, we let him go. Oh, he's being followed, but I think it's a case of a boy earning a spare shilling. In other words, Black, we've made no progress whatsoever. Following our present pursuits, no. To stop them, if we can, we shall need the cooperation of every nation on the continent and in the Americas. Then get it? All right, sir. I shall. I have one request. Well? Can't blanche. What do you mean? You've assigned me the problem, sir. Therefore, none of my methods will be questioned. Hmm. Very well. I shall want a squadron of Royal Air Force planes at my disposal and a destroyer for patrol. What? Planes? A destroyer? Impossible. They're using Spitfires, P-38s, torpedo boats. But it would cost us thousands back. Smuggling costs us hundreds of millions of pounds a year. Uh, give me a ring this afternoon. I'll see what I can do. Uh, 
That afternoon, I received my planes and my destroyer. They were assigned to immediate patrol duty, both in the Channel and the Irish Sea. The ensuing week was devoted to arranging a conference in Amsterdam between police officials from 37 countries. For our plan to succeed, we needed the utmost in international cooperation. It was two days after the parley that our cooperative plans began to bear fruit. Yes. Hey, Sergeant. Oh, oh, splendid. Put them through, will you? You're Inspector Blacktal on the hire. What else do you tell, Captain Stenser? Go, go. Oh, bara, 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 tak. Yeah? Aha, Frastavanger. Der go, Merkele. Bravo, bravo, Captain. Der go, Bionel, sir. Mange tak, Captain Stenser. Hilda? Yeah, farewell. The first report of success had come from Stavanger, Norway. An unlicensed aircraft carrying a cargo of American cigarettes and whiskey had been apprehended. The crew, by their own admission, had been bound for England. But they would not, however, divulge the names of their employers. With this international cooperation during the month of June, a number of smuggling attempts were halted. In Portugal, West Germany, Spain, and even Italy... Three aircraft were confiscated in Northern Ireland, but at best, these were scattered victories. Our prisoners were little men. The big man was still at large. On July 16th, men of the special branch arrested a London postman who was brought to my office. Hello, Black. Oh, Phillips. Nice to see you again. I should like you to meet Mr. Edgar Thwaite, a loyal servant of the Crown. I'm sure that uh, he wants to tell you about his novel method of delivering black market produce. Sit down, Thwaite. What have you to say for yourself? What do you expect me to say? Oh. From whom do you receive the goods? I don't know. Come now, come. I don't. I make my letter delivery same as always. And the packages that's got the stuff are special marked. I take them home and wait till I get a telephone call. Then I deliver the packages where I'm told. You say that the packages are specially marked? That's right. They put in my bin before I get to the post office. And you have no idea who puts them there? No. Who contacted you in the first place to do this job? It wasn't me. It was my wife. Your wife? She was walking along the road. A man came up and asked her if she wanted some nylon stockings. She said yes. And he said that she could get as many as she wanted if I would work for him. And this man knew that you were a postman? I suppose so. Edie and I had a talk, and I decided to do it. The man called that night, and I said, okay. That's how it started. Frighteningly simple, isn't it, Black? Are there others in the post office engaged in this activity? I don't know. I don't care. Uh, hmm. Wait outside, please. Well, it's a little more. You chaps better get to work on the post offices. Like Arthurheads, Black. Feel sorry, though, for that little chap. A few more years and he'd have had his pension. Uh, you must have known that when he took the chance. We're going to stop him and others like him. That's why I like you, Black. Hmm? <laughs> you're so earnest when you're working. Oh. <laughs> yes, I suppose I am. But, you know, I've been a policeman for so long, it's rather a difficult habit to break. The investigation of the post office department netted us 15 more arrests, and we began to feel 
that although each arrest in itself was minor, the results when totaled were surely making the distribution of contraband increasingly difficult. It was tedious and frustrating work, for these peddlers were little people, but we knew that by checking the distributors, we could eventually destroy the overseas source organization. On July 19th at 5 o'clock, I received word from Calais that my associates with the French police had seen a torpedo boat putting to sea, but due to the heavy overcast, had been unable to maintain contact. Our destroyer, somewhere in mid-channel, was notified of this development. The destroyer's equipped with radar, sir. They might get them. Uh, we better not wireless, Captain Newton. Tell him I'm leaving immediately in an observation aircraft and we keep in contact with him. Very good, sir. Uh, you hold on here, will you, Moffat? I shan't be long. Right, sir. Buses, these Hudsons. I used to fly them over the North Sea. Huh. Thought they'd buried them all. British economy, old bean. British economy. There's not too much light left. I know. But we shall be able to spot them. Boat like that will leave quite awake. Where is that destroyer? Want to break radio silence? Try to reach them? No, no, I better not. Hello. Huh? You see something? Down there. Ah. See? Yes. It's hard to tell, though. All serene. We'll have a look. Ah! Oh! <laughs> Everything all right, old boy? Yes, splendid, thanks. My ears, you know. It happens in lifts, too. Oh. I'm taking her into the wind. Give us a better chance to have a long look at her. Torpedo boat, all right. Thornycroft, MPT. Swing around again, will you? Getting dark. If you're sure, better give our position to the destroyer. Right-o. Transmitter takes a moment to, do, uh, to warm up. She's an odd one, all right. No flag. Can't see. Back! Machine guns! Make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. 
The lively, full-bodied, real mint flavor cools your mouth, moistens your throat, freshens your taste. And the chewing itself gives you a little lift, helps you keep going at your best. So for real chewing enjoyment that's refreshing and long-lasting, always keep Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. Healthful, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Gum will make every day more enjoyable. Now, the second act of Pursuit in the North Sea. Lieutenant Tunney was able to land the aircraft on the surface of the water, but the Hudson began to settle almost immediately after she struck. We've only got a minute or two before she goes down. Are you all right, Black? We wrestled out of the seats, and I felt a moment's panic when I thought I was entangled in the straps of the cumbersome parachute. Here, I'll give you a hand with it. All right, now. The door. Come on. The floor of the plane began to tilt as we crawled upward toward the door. We'll have a go at it. Together now. Blasted things jammed. Try again. Once more now. We smashed at it again and again. It moved a bit. Once more now. And then the incredible relief as it gave and allowed us escape into the black and turbulent haven of the North Sea. What's the wind? Boat! Coming this way. What? Swim this way. The cannon! Sorry. Half throttle. Keep your eyes open for that destroyer. We've got to find him. Use a searchlight. Come do it. The destroyer. Then give me your raft and let me go after him. I'll get it ready, sir. Sorry about this, but it's your own fault. Hunt you. You'll you leave him to drown? Nothing personal, you understand. Oh. We had to shoot you down. I'm hardly expendable, you know. Usually don't make this trip myself. Couldn't let you notify the destroyer of our position. Who are you? Army? Scotland Yard. Oh, Oh, you're the people who've been messing up my organization. If Lieutenant Tunney dies, there'll be a murder charge against you. I'm making money. I'll take that chance. Raft's ready, sir. Right. Cut the throttle. Get it over the side. Put a torch in it. The policeman wants to find his friend. Okay. You may need this. Contraband. It'll keep you warm until you're picked up. There you are, sir. Bottle of Johnny Walker's finest. This case was on its way to Africa. We think we can get more for it by returning it to England. It'll keep you warm. Hang on to it. Now you may look for your friend. Thank you. 
I did hang on to the bottle for two miserable hours. Whilst with the torch, I probed the darkness for a sign of Lieutenant Tunney. Then the destroyer picked me up and we continued the search, but it was fruitless. There was no sign of the torpedo boat, and it was dawn when we put back to Dover, and I returned, still hanging on to the bottle of Johnny Walker, to Scotland Yard. There I finally relinquished it to physical laboratory for fingerprints. Bloody fine job, sir, hanging on to that bottle. Oh? Prince? Right you are, sir. Who is it? Englishman. Name is Spencer. Gerald Spencer. War office files. Discharged 1945. Left England for the continent 1947. Officially, at least, has never returned. Well, Spencer, huh? Yes, sir. He's got a sister, hmm? Marion. Oh, good. Where can she be reached? Here, sir. At the yard. What? Policewoman. Attached to special branch. Do you realize what that means? The information leaks. Yes, sir. She was assigned to us last month on that raid in Regent's Park Zoo. Get her here, Muppet. Right, sir. We learned that Miss Spencer was not on duty that day. So Muppet and I went to her house. She let us in. There were a pair of nylon stockings drying on a towel draped over the back of the chair. You must forgive the appearance of my place, Inspector. It's my day off. This is an official call, Miss Spencer. I spent an interesting few minutes with your brother last night. Gerald? Yes. It was in the channel. When was the last time that you saw him? Not since 1947. Oh? You had no contact whatsoever with him since that time? A few letters, that's all. We tried to maintain secrecy in our operations against smuggling, Miss Spencer. But at almost every turn, our movements had become known. But why'd you come to me? We thought that possibly you could tell us how your brother knew that a patrol plane was searching for him and consequently shot it down. Well, I don't know. Resulting in the death of the pilot, Lieutenant Tunney. Because I'm his sister, you think that... Inspector, I've been with the yard for two years, and you'll find that my record is very good. I have no doubt of it. If I'm wrong, Miss Spencer, I owe you a profound apology. But as a policewoman, you must realize that every possibility must be explored. I understand. We wish to search your house. I don't... Yes, of course. You shan't have to search, Inspector. There's a wireless in my cupboard over there. Moffat? Yes, sir. Stay with it, Moffat. Right, sir. How long have you been in communication with him? A year. Did he complete his delivery last night? Yes. The things were brought here. They're in my garage. Why have you done this? Why not? It was exciting. Seemed a good way to make a lot of money. Daryl got some pals together on the continent and started bringing stuff over. Who are they? Where are they? Why should I tell you? We know your brother's the leader. What if he is? Simply that he's committed murder. And he'll hang for it. I'm sorry. I'm sure he didn't mean to. He's a nice chap. An awfully nice chap. After she was taken, the house was watched. 
and another arrest was made when a van and two men came to collect the contraband goods. Moffat and I sat by the wireless for two days, waiting. On the afternoon of the 22nd, the receiver sparked into life. Here it is, sir. All right. Get it down carefully. They won't acknowledge, sir. No, no, don't. Don't. Say there's uh, trouble with the equipment and then break it off midway, sir. Yes, sir. Ah, we'll hope they don't get wind up. Here, let me see that. Our route with shipments from Rotterdam. Should arrive usual point at twenty hundred hours. Four boats. Have vans ready. Eight o'clock, sir. Was past four now. And where would the usual point be? Doesn't really matter, Moffat. I want our planes to patrol the Holland coast and west. We'll board the destroyer. I think, Moffat, we've got a chance to smash Spencer and his gang. Moffat and I stood on the bridge as the hysterical warnings from the destroyer's siren cleared our path from the harbor. Then the lean grey monster turned its head to the coast of Belgium and at 40 knots bit into the waters of the North Sea. Captain Newton, radar spotted two craft traveling in a northwesterly direction, about 3,000 yards off the port quarter. Yeah, very good. Sound petrol stations. Request 4.7 tourists to arm and make ready. Very good, sir. Helm. Altered course to 022. 022, sir. Yeah, Inspector. I wonder about the other two boats, Captain. We better contact the patrol planes. Uh, quartermaster, notify wireless to request three aircraft. Operation Black. Have a look through the glass, Inspector. They're Thornycroft, MPTs. Yeah, thanks. Well, I can't be sure. But the first boat could be the same one. Yeah, they're changing course. Put a shot across the bow. A turret two. Warning salvo. Aye, sir. I don't think you'll stop them with that. I hope we can. Because in the run, they can do a few more knots than we can. They're separating. You want them stopped, Inspector? You can't catch them? No. All right. Blow them out of the water. Fire at will. Fire at will.
Six minutes later, we pulled the survivors from the water. There were three of them, including Gerald Spencer. The other two boats had capitulated after skirmishes with attacking aircraft. The operation has cost His Majesty's government thousands of pounds. But the return on the investment could be calculated in the millions. Pursuit. And the pursuit was ended. Remember, friends, to make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to refreshing, delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. There's lots of cooling, real mint flavor in every stick. And chewing Wrigley's Spearmint helps keep you feeling fresh and alert. You feel better, work better, get more fun out of doing things. So indoors, outdoors, wherever you go, keep some healthful, refreshing Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum handy. To make every day more enjoyable, treat yourself often to delicious Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum. Pursuit, brought to you by Wrigley's Spearmint Gum, is produced and directed by Elliot Lewis and is written by Gil Dowd and Anthony Ellis. Music was composed and conducted by Marlon Skiles. John Daner stars as Inspector Peter Black with Raymond Lawrence as Sergeant Moffat. Also featured in the cast were Irene Tedrow, Terry Kilburn, Eric Snowden, Dan Tobin, Byron Kane, and Tom Holland. Pursuit! The makers of Wrigley's Spearmint Chewing Gum hope you've enjoyed tonight's story of pursuit and that you're enjoying Wrigley's Spearmint Gum every day. Stevenson speaking. This is CBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System. This is Andrea J. Graham, author of the Web Surface series. Oh, and a man's wife. You're listening to the Great Detectives of Old Time Radio. Welcome back. This story had a pretty grand scale that we don't really see much in these old-time radio detective programs. I mean, imagine Joe Friday asking for carte blanche planes in a battleship. It's such an unusually large scale that it does make the adventure stand out quite a bit. And it really was an enjoyable story. And I think that overall, John Daner did a really good job as Inspector Peter Black. He had a great voice for the role. I don't think he was quite as suited to it as Ben Wright. But I would have been happy if there had been more episodes out there featuring John Daner. What we have is pretty much all there is. All right, well, that will be all for now. If you do have a comment, send it to me, box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. 
facebook.com slash radio detectives. Join us back here next Tuesday for Rocky Fortune. And tomorrow, join us for Richard Diamond. In the meantime, send your comments to box13 at greatdetectives.net. Follow us on Twitter at Radio Detectives and become one of our friends on Facebook. Facebook.com slash Radio Detectives. From Boise, Idaho, this is your host, Adam Graham, signing off.